Zero. Toby and TJ back with you. We're on the ref, the home of Sooner fans. Monday, February 7th, hour three. Brought to you by Extreme Outdoor Equipment. We're brought to you every day by XOE. They got a little bit of everything, and their brands are all best in class. At Extreme Outdoor Equipment, under one roof, you can buy a zero-turn mower to cut your grass, a tractor with loader and brush hog to work your land, a four-wheeler, side-by-side, or UTV to take you hunting, fishing, or just plain having fun. And if you want to get away from it all, they can help you there, too, with the purchase of a new travel trailer or the rental of a motorhome at Extreme Outdoor Equipment. This is Saturday. Ten seconds to go. Maddie now trying to drive into the lane, goes right to the hoop. Got the layup to go! Maddie Williams gives the serves the lead with six seconds left. Smith will bring it into the forecourt. Lost the dribble. Stolen away by Tucker. And the buzzer's going to sound, and Oklahoma has defeated West Virginia 101-99 to in double overtime. The Sooners do it again in the final seconds. This time it's Maddie Williams with a game-winning basket. Something special going on with this team. It looked like they weren't going to get it done Saturday. It looked like that they didn't have their A game, and West Virginia was going to steal one at home. But Taylor Robertson, TJ, is unbelievable. I'm telling you, one of the greatest shooters I've ever seen, period, men or women. She is incredible. Uh, and she hit some shots at the end of that game to get him into overtime with people draped all over, got fouled at the end of regulation, made all three free throws to get it into overtime, and the Sooners found a way to win 101-99. to uh, Here's the postgame with Brian Brinkley. Time to visit with OU coach Jenny Baranchik on our OU Health postgame interview, also joined by Maddie Williams. Oh, boy. Coach, congratulations on the win. I know there's a after the uh, Georgetown-Villanova final in 1985. After <laughs> That's the game, exactly what I was thinking. Raleigh Massimino said, about? just another night in the even, Big East. I don't even know what game y'all talking about. <laughs> right. No, and you're it's right. just another afternoon in Big 12 women's basketball. You're I right. I mean, what no. an effort by your team to get this win today. No, 100%. I mean, I mean, you look at this game, and it's – I mean, West Virginia was, I thought, incredible today, yeah. to be honest. I thought they were very, very good, and I thought – um, you know, I thought, I thought they got us on our heels a little bit, yeah. to be honest. And then I think, you know, we, we both have had some adversity to kind of face over the last few days and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, to be able to come out and to be able to have to get three or get two stops, we got them. And then to have to score, yeah. we found a way yeah. and we just continue to find a way. And, you know, my money is on our team every time. I don't bet on it. Don't worry, compliance, but. <laughs> 
I do, but my money's on our group. When it's when it's close and it's here, you know, we just we'll find a way, even I, when it's not so pretty. Yeah, it what it seemed like from the start, you were just at a little out of sync offensively there, and and but then you look at your overtime number six for eleven from the field, three of four from three. The rhythm got there late, and then like you said, you had to make some stops, and they got very. I mean, almost the whole fourth quarter, maybe really the whole game in a way, but they got very deliberate offensively. We're running the shot clock down, which can be a challenge sometimes for defenses, yeah. uh, but you made enough stops there late when you had to, well, especially there in regulation because you, you had to make up some points there just to get the game into overtime. No, I think you're right. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, K- K- Nye Black was amazing. I thought, yeah. I thought she was great. I thought Jayla Hemingway, I mean, she shot, she shot just – so well. Madison Smith, I thought, was incredible as well. Yeah. So they did. They made us work. They made us adjust. Now, I do think that that we we can be a little bit more steady and we can get some of those rebounds. Like we, we can do a little bit better job um, to be able to get some of those stops. However, yeah. you also have to credit where credit's due sometimes. And I thought that they, I thought they picked us apart and they got some, yeah. some easy ones. But they finished. Yeah. And you still have to finish yeah. those. And so they, they shot really well. Uh, and uh, we'll learn. Yeah, golly, they ended up, they were 9 of 15 over time, ended up 50%. Maddie, uh, what a game uh, this had to have been to compete in. You guys have had so much go on this week with the Texas win and all the travel problems with Baylor and beating them down there, and somehow you guys were able to dig down and find the energy you needed to, to win this game on a day when you guys really weren't at your best. That's a tremendous effort. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, it was a tough week. It was a tough week for us. It was a tough um, few games, tough few days. Um, but, I mean, we're just going to rock out and we're going to keep fighting. We're going to keep on playing, uh, keep getting better. And that's, yeah. the, that's the main thing is just to keep getting better, use these games to get better. And this game made us tougher today, so yeah. mm-hmm. uh, we're going to be able to use that down the road. Yeah. What a win for the uh, Sooner women. Now they get the week off, and uh, they don't play again until Saturday when they go down to Austin to take on Texas. Hopefully the uh, they, get, they can get a flight. Hopefully they don't have to bust down there this week. That would be great. Softball, by the way, starts this week, Teach. No, Thursday. No, it doesn't. Season There's snow on the ground. Stop it. Well, um, I got good news for you. They are going to California. So I think they're going to be okay. I think they'll be all right. Uh, Thursday, UC Santa Barbara on the road, 4, 4.30. That'll be the season opener Thursday afternoon at 4.30 for Patty Gasso's defending national champions. That is on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, but you can obviously hear it with uh, Chris Plank on the radio as well. Friday they'll play twice in Irvine. The rest, the rest of the games are a part of the Mark Campbell Invitational in Irvine. Friday they'll play Loyola Marymount at 545 and Mississippi State at 830. All of these games, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, are on flow, flow softball. And then Saturday, UCLA, big game there, 6 o'clock Saturday night, the marquee game. And then Sunday afternoon before they head home, they'll take on uh, UC San Diego. Uh, So five games out there in Cali, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for the Sooners before they uh, head to Houston the next weekend. Their first home game, by the way, 
will be when? Let's see here. The Mary, no, 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 no. The uh, March 7th, Minnesota will be the first home game. So they will play 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. They'll play 15 games in California, Houston, and back to California before they uh, have a home game at Marita Hines. But season opener Thursday, baseball is the following week. They will open a week from Friday in Arlington. They will take on uh, Auburn in the season opener down there. They'll play Friday, Saturday, Sunday down at the home of the Texas Rangers down in Arlington. Uh, You don't happen to be going home that weekend, do you? Not that weekend, no. I'll actually be in Tulsa that weekend. So I'll be in Arlington next weekend Ooh, if it was next weekend. I know why you're going to be in Tulsa. I haven't told you Church why I'm Church choir's in Tulsa. getting together. We are. We are. Right? It's been a long two years since I've been to a Calling concert. Calling of the so. church choir. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Are you looking forward to it? Uh, so you're going to drive up to Tulsa for that because you're devoted to it? I'm devoted to it, yes. I will be there. I've got mm-hmm. hotel um, all prepared. Does your son have a game that weekend or anything? He does have a game. We're missing it. It's actually a playoff you're game. Skip it? We're skipping the playoff no, game. So, yeah. Fascinating. It's <laughs> exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> Priorities. Well, to be honest, I would skip an OU football game for that as well and have in the past. So. Um, yeah, that's something yeah. to be proud of. Well, yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> so, but I'll be so in Arlington next weekend uh, if they want to move those games up a week. Uh, this coming weekend, I will. Just to recap, if you're new to the show, in order of allegiance for TJ, it's Eric Church, one, <laughs> family, two, OU. I don't know if they're three. They're somewhere down the list after that, but. Eric Church is at the top. Yeah. It's Eric Church than everything else. Have you been watching any Olympics? A little bit, to be honest. Yeah, there was some snowboarding on. I watched on Saturday, and then Katie had some uh, figure skating or something on last night for a few minutes. But outside of that, not more than that, no. But I watched quite a bit of that snowboarding event. I watched every mixed uh, curling match for the U.S. That's all I've watched is curling so far. Um, whenever I have some spare time, I will dial up the Peacock app and find a because because they, they air at weird times, you know, like midnight or seven o'clock in the morning or whatever. So like, all right, what? And and it's not like you have to worry about like a baseball or NBA game. Somebody accidentally finding out who won. Like I have no idea who won. It could be 24 hours old, and I have no idea who won, so I can go back and watch. So I've, uh, I think I've seen them all now. We didn't, we didn't uh, qualify for the medal, the ah. semifinals in uh, mixed curling. That's a, a one man, one woman. Man, uh, mixed curling. Pen, pen, Police and Pensington, Pensinger, Pensinger, and Police for us. I did see the picture so, of the um, U.S. team, and it was like looked like a bunch of dads that. Uh, just rolled out of softball league and rolled right into the curling event. And those so. are the defending gold medalists. <laughs> right, I, I, know. I would appreciate I know. if you put I'm some just, respect on their names. I'm just saying that's what it looks like. <laughs> John Schuster and the gang. Yes. 
So I don't know. I assume the women's is next. I don't know if ne- what's next. Is the team women's or team men's? I'm not sure. But uh, that's all I've seen. I saw about five minutes of the opening ceremony Friday night. Uh, and I haven't uh, watched anything else. But I do I do dial up the curling whenever I have an opportunity. My brother-in-law last night was saying uh, he would like for the me, him, and my two boys to uh, start a team up at the Arctic Ice Center in Edmond, getting some leagues and stuff up there, which uh, God, that would be so much fun, I think. So I might look into that. We'll see. I bet that I bet they love it when the Olympics roll around. I bet they have a huge surge of idiots like me that sign up to be in their curling <laughs> leagues and everything. Right. There's no doubt and about then it. It slowly diminishes for four years until the next Winter Olympics, and then there's thousands of people wanting to sign up again. So anyway, uh, yeah, that's all I've done is watch curling. Way too much. I think I've annoyed my wife a little bit with how much curling I've watched. So. All right, we need to take a break. Don't forget, bottom of the hour, K.J. Kindler joins us live. It's the T-Row in the Morning Show. The T-Row in the Morning Show is powered by Extreme Outdoor Equipment, your full-line dealer for bad boy zero-turn mowers, tractors, and implements. With two locations, I-35 at Goldsby, exit 104B, and I-44 at the Newcastle Tuttle exit 108. R.K. Blatt brings you this hour of the T-Row in the Morning Show on the ref. Leading provider of office technology solutions to small and medium-sized businesses in Oklahoma and Kansas. Printer, fax, copier, scanners, document management, network solutions, much, much more. Check them out online, rkblatt.com, or you can give them a call, 405-943-9800. Air Comfort Solutions text line. Ask Toby if he gets cat calls about the SEC move or because of Lincoln Riley when he goes on the road. I uh, saw Pistol Pete holding up the V sign and the USC Lincoln Riley photos on social media. It looks like it's Saturday's game. Do you get heckled? Everywhere we go. Heckled with SEC stuff and Lincoln Riley stuff now? Everywhere we go. Yes. Even at Auburn. Mm, even at Auburn? Mm-hmm. Oh, about Lincoln Riley you're talking? Yeah, and the SEC. Yeah. There was very much a uh, you don't know what you're in for. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. <laughs> Be careful what you ask. Downfield to uh, our trip to Auburn. Yeah. No, it's hostile. It's it's always hostile. I mean, it always has been hostile for OU. Um, You know, certainly the Trey Young year was extremely hostile, and there's been some that uh, were worse than others. But this year has been in football and basketball. They're they're ticked. They're mad. They don't. They're not happy about it, and maybe rightfully so. I don't know. But the other Big 12 schools are uh, are not happy, and they're perfectly happy to let you know about it. Sure. I mean, listen, we, we still uh, – the most hostile – well, OSU obviously is up there in, in, in how they feel about OU. But mm-hmm. they still have to go to Lawrence, Manhattan, Ames, and Lubbock, which are probably the four most difficult road environments in this league. So, it's not over. I mean, it's only going to get worse. Morning, gents. Listening on the app, I have some family in California. Need some garb to send out there. Something like Rush 3 Drop 8. Any suggestions? I um, feel like I should get a piece of that shirt that uh, the, the Scoop guys are selling. Yeah. 
because when everyone was on the Caleb Williams love fest train, I was saying on this show, and you can attest to it, he can't read the zone defenses. Yeah, but he's great. Don't you see what all these things? But we love him. He's got leadership, and he's going to basketball games, and he's pointing to the crowd. And I'm like, yeah, but he can't read a zone defense. Ah, we don't care about that. I mean, did you see him take the ball away from Kennedy Brooks on fourth down? And what a Heisman-like play. Yeah, but, guys, he can't read zone defenses. Well, now that we don't like him anymore, somebody else is selling a T-shirt that basically says he can't read zone defenses. <laughs> and they're profiting off of it. I, I'll give you, I don't give you credit for much, but I'll give you credit on that. You were in on that and in on it early compared to most Thank people. You. So uh, you're right. You may be responsible for that shirt. Um, remember when the Thunder had big crowds, common theme, win. I understand that that is the rule around here. I just wish it wasn't. And it isn't everywhere. That's all. Um, what that is about. Uh, wait, Toby wants more touch fouls called. Maybe that's why you only have 31 listeners. <laughs> no, I don't, we only have 11. <laughs> yeah, we have less than that. The guys in the afternoon have 30, 30 listeners. Uh, I don't. I don't want uh, touch fouls called. I, well, actually, I do. I, I think that the they have. Uh, there's a drastic difference between the NBA game and the college game right now, in the way they're officiated. It's one of the reasons Trey has excelled so much at the NBA level, and you can like one or the other better, but they're way different. I mean, the NBA game is free flowing and high scoring, and if you breathe on a guy, it's a foul. And college, they beat the absolute living tar out of each other, and it's not a foul. I mean, we, we we played a whole half with like six fouls called combined on Saturday in Stillwater. So that's a drastic difference. I would like to see, and this is not OU wins losses related, just beauty of the game related. I would like to see college basketball move back in the direction of where they were five or six years ago when there was a huge call for freedom of movement. You can't put your hands on a guy on the perimeter. Uh, less physicality down around the hoop. Uh, let teams run offenses so that we have higher scoring, more enjoyable basketball games. 55-48 is not a lot of fun to watch. You know, we, six. what was Saturday? 64-55. It's ugly. And part of it is sloppy. Part of it is, though, that... You let them play so physical, it leads to more turnovers because guys are, again, beating the crap out of each other. TJ, we've seen a flying knee kick to the face that was reviewed, mind you, not called a foul. (laughs) Was reviewed. Right. Ah, there's nothing there. In the WWE, that's probably illegal. Uh, I, sh- I sent you something this morning. Now, I don't know whether that should have been seen or not, but, you know, that kind of crap's been going on all year. So college basketball as a whole, again, this is not me whining about OU in any way. This is as a whole, and certainly the Big 12 Conference lives in this. They are basking right now in the physicality of the game, and I think that's the wrong thing to do. I, I don't think it's an enjoyable product to watch. The one game we played in the SEC was more wide open. 
I don't know if that's the norm there, if that was just a one-off. But they're, both teams shot 20-plus fouls, and it, the score was in the 80s, and it was, there was, you know, it was fun. So I don't know if it's a Big 12 thing or across the board, but I would like to see a move in that direction. This Air Comfort Solutions texter says, Harkless is unplayable right now. I don't care how good he is on defense. He's horrible on offense and probably is the main reason why we're losing. Cortez can score, is a much better passer. Goldwire should have his minutes go down as well. This is a. I think this is a person from Kingfisher that keeps texting us that <laughs> wants Bijan to play more. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I can tell you this. I, I don't have Saturday's box score in front of me, but I did write it down. Going into Saturday, in the last four games, Bijan had three assists and twelve turnovers. Okay, so this whole Bijan should be playing more than Goldwire thing is somebody who doesn't know what they're watching. Uh, Goldwire has had some fa- some frustrating moments this year, but he is a significantly better player right now than Bijan Cortez is. Significantly better. Should the bench now, have seen more minutes on B- Saturday overall? Bijan may eventually be the better player. I don't know. He's a bigger body. But right now, Bijan should not be playing in front of Jordan Goldwire. Should the bench see more minutes? Well, you know I want to see Shaguar and Tanner out there together. Right. I, I don't think Jacob Groves did anything Saturday to say he should have played more. I don't think Bijan did anything Saturday to say he should have played more. I don't think C.J. Nolan did anything Saturday to, to say he should have played more. But that, that's my question. Did they get enough time to show that they could do anything? Because like, none of those mm. guys played more than eight, nine, maybe ten minutes. Like, they all had yeah, pretty maybe. low numbers on Saturday, it seemed like. It, it seemed like he went with the five and stuck with them for a majority of the game. That's true. Uh, Omoja, E.J., uh, played a, played a lot on Saturday, so yeah. I mean, they lost, so they probably should have done something different. I don't know. Harkless, I thought played well, except for all the turnovers, which is kind of like, you know, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln. How did you enjoy the play? But he had eight turnovers, but he hit some threes, which nobody else did, you know, and played some good defense. And he's a tough guy. I mean, he's. He does some really good things, and he does some really bad things, and I could see how he frustrates fans. But he also plays his heart out. So, I don't know. Harkless is a uh, – he's an interesting um, study right now. Uh, you could see why he got put on the bench. Uh, he gives you a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. He gives you uh, attitude when he's on the court. He makes things happen. He had six steals on Saturday. Uh, he was their second leading scorer, and he had six steals. That's great. He turned it over eight times. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I bet I bet he drives Porter <laughs> mad. A little crazy. Uh, yeah. Last one here says, I'm buying my kid a freshman, so he'll have it to wear for a while. Um, be careful with that in today's college football world. <laughs> That's not necessarily true. Not true. It's a good philosophy. Yeah. It's good. It's a good thought process. You know, a kid will have that for four years. Could to wear be before. in the portal by uh, the second month of the season. <laughs> right. By November, he could be gone. <laughs> and I know what the texter meant. He meant he's buying his kid a freshman jersey. Yes, not a freshman. But uh, you got you got to be careful in that in this day and age too. I wouldn't be surprised if down at Texas A&M they're not just outright buying some freshmen 
here and there, too. <laughs> Take a break. K.J. Kindler joins us next live. This hour of the T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you by RK Black, a leading provider of office technology solutions for small and medium-sized businesses. Call 405-943-9800 or visit rkblack.com. It is time for a Landers OU Coaches interview as we welcome in live now the great K.J. Kindler, fresh off another victory on Sunday afternoon in the LNC. Good morning, Coach. How are you today? Good morning. Doing well. 198 again. you got to be thrilled with how you performed yesterday. Yeah, I'm, it definitely started off a little slow for us on vault, but I felt like they really responded well, um, started getting some momentum as we went to bars, and really like those last three events, they absolutely laced them. So really excited about that. Before we get into Reagan's Perfect Ten and all of that, uh, you had a schedule change. You were supposed to compete on Friday, and due to the weather, it got bumped back to Sunday. Now, how difficult or not is that in gymnastics? Because I would assume you are very routine-oriented. Well, it definitely threw us off our training schedules because, yes, we, we are definitely planning you know, backwards from the meet. So as coaches, like all of the, um, the intensity of the workouts, the conditioning, all of that is, is very methodically planned <laughs> moving up to the meet. So, and, and then not only that, but the athletes are anticipating that meet to come Friday. And I definitely didn't want to, you know, give them a shade of doubt, you know, and say, Hey, it might not happen. I wanted them to plan for Friday. And then when it didn't happen, I do think it threw us off just a little bit, definitely off our training um, plan. And so we, we adjusted and um, made it work, but it, it was a little difficult. Yes. Reagan Smith, a perfect 10 on the balance beam, the first of her career. Uh, talk about Reagan, not only that performance, but how far she's come for you this season. Yeah. Um, first of all, Reagan was the Olympic alternate in 2016. She is a phenomenal athlete, but I really think she is so dialed in this season. You can see it in her preparation. Um, you can see it in her confidence when she competes. She is definitely coming into her own and just like really grabbing these opportunities uh, and is so in the moment. Um, Balance Beam has been incredible in practice. And so that obviously lends itself to good competition. Uh, we always tell them, like, in you get better in the gym, and then it will it will all happen for you in the arena. So I, I'm not surprised she got a ten. I've been waiting. You know, she's certainly performed three exceptional routines in a row here, and uh, I'm really happy for her. She's definitely deserving. She came in with such hype and such expectation because of, of what you mentioned about being the Olympic alternate and everything. And and she was good last year, but it did feel like maybe she was, you know, she was a freshman and trying to maybe a little hot and cold for you. Correct me if I'm wrong. But is it just the fact that she's gotten older this year, or do you feel like there is something that has clicked for her? No, I feel something's clicked. Like, she is um... – so committed you know I can just see a change in her and I do feel like something clicked 
I also think, and this sounds a, a little silly, as you mentioned, Olympic alternate, all those things, but her confidence has grown incredibly and she has stepped into more of a leadership position. And I think all of that has really um, helped her excel, you know, and put her where she is right now. Like I am, I'm super proud of where she's at. And I think uh, she's definitely a leader for us on the floor. Uh, who else impressed you yesterday? Well, um, Audrey Davis, always hitting 100%, really happy about her. She's doing all around, which is a big responsibility. Um, last season, she was doing two events or three events, um, so really excited about her. I do think, you know, a couple of our athletes had a little bit of a rough day. Jordan um, Bowers, definitely a little bit of a rough day on beam and vault, and uh, Kat, who has been remarkable this season, just had a little blip on bars with a fall. And, and what I loved, Carrie Thomas, that, that's someone who stood out to me because when you have a mistake in the lineup, the next person up, it's so instrumental that they get the mm -hmm. train back on the tracks, right? So she pressure's is on. a senior. Uh, yeah, I mean, the pressure's on, and we have to, like, start hitting again. And so that person really is important. Carrie Thomas is the person who got us you know, back in the swing of things, no pun intended on bars. So once she gets us back on, the confidence kind of rises for the rest of the group. And there's, there was no better person to be after a mistake than Carrie. So, but Kat, Kat's also impressing me, even though she had that mistake, nine, nine, seven, five on beam. And it's only her third time in the beam lineup. She is, wow. you know, last year I really wanted to use her on beam, but she was showing a lot of nerves this season. She is just, a rock star on that event, and we really need it. So I, I'm I've been very impressed with her as well. I mean, you scored a 198 plus. So any uh, critique is being like super, super picky. But you mentioned the vault. You got a bit of a slow start. Concern there going forward, or was it just a tough day? By your comparison, no, no vault is definitely an area that we have to improve on. There's no doubt about it. Um, and we've known that from the beginning. Our start values are low. And, and what I mean by that is three of our vaults start at a 995. So we're losing 0.15 right out of the gate on that event um, just in start value alone. We've had a few injuries that have kept some of our best vaulters on the sidelines, um, like Olivia Troutman, uh, Danny Sievers, Maria Linker. We, we have a lot of athletes that are working hard to get back in there, but they're not in yet. So we really need to be great on that event just because of the start value issue alone. So like, for instance, when um, the very strong number one Michigan comes to Norman, Oklahoma, they have six 10 vaults and we, we have to be able to up our game by the end of the season um, to really have that advantage. That's on March 4th, by the way, folks. Circle it on yeah, your calendar right now. March 4th, which is a huge. Friday night, the Wolverines will be in town. Uh, give us a, a just a health update. Uh, what are the expectations of when you might get some help back? Yeah, I think um, on vault in particular, I think that we're looking at the end of February, beginning of March. Um, so that Michigan meet might be, you know, kind of in my mind as the one that we need to really mm -hmm. amp it up for. And then that will set us up into big 12s and regional play um, because those people will need to have a couple meets under their belt 
in order to perform at their peak level. So we, we're definitely looking at the first weekend in March, which is about four, four weeks away. I think it's very doable, um, especially for Danny. Uh, so we'll just need to keep doing that. But Sheridan has a great full, if they can learn to stick their vaults better, um, that will also help the case a lot because those nine nines, that's where we need to be. And right now we're in the nine, eight, nine, eight, five, you know, category and that we just need to bump up from there. But I would say the other events, you know, I feel like we have the lineup that we're going to be looking at in the postseason with perhaps an addition of Olivia on bars and beam um, and hopefully on floor in the postseason. But definitely that's down the road. Uh, so I do think the strength is there on the other three events. Vault is somewhere we just really need to improve. Chatting with KJ Kindler, it is a Landers OU coaches interview. All right, you got George Washington coming up Friday night, six forty-five in the LNC. Uh, how good's G Dub? They're great. You know, they've had um, some really strong seasons. Uh, definitely one of their strongest seasons about three years ago. Top sixteen. Um, Margie Cunningham, she's an amazing coach. She's uh, a mentor of mine, quite honestly. I really look up to her um, and have done a remarkable job with that program. Uh, they, they have very big gymnastics. like they, they do very difficult gymnastics, and you will be able to see that uh, when they come. They have, um, I think, with COVID, they have really had a hard time being in D.C., and uh, it's been locked down there quite a bit. So um, they They've really kind of had a rough uh, – last year was really tough for them. They had a lot of protocols that were even, you know, above and beyond what what we had here. Um, so I think they're probably excited to travel and get out there and, and really looking forward to this matchup. You're not yet halfway through the year, maybe around a third of the way through the season right now. Have you – and maybe you don't operate this way, I don't know. Have you been able to kind of look around – the rest of the country, and part of that sizing up final scores, I know, but also watch some of the other national title contenders and and maybe size up where you feel like you are right now? Um, we absolutely have, and I'm sure you've probably noticed that gymnastics has been on television more than ever. A lot. On ESPN, yeah. yes, ABC, like this is a sport that's definitely coming up nationally, and so we've been able to see even more than than we had before. Um, but I will say this: this is the strongest year in gymnastics I have ever seen. The wow. depth on the teams because of the COVID year. Um, some teams like LSU have 17 athletes on scholarship. You know, this is um, that year where you can go above and beyond your 12. So you can see in the depth of the teams that this is going to be a knockdown drag out all the way to the end. I see 10 teams that are, that are national championship contenders. I'm not kidding. Like you're talking about the LSU, the Utah, UCLA, um, and UCLA is ranked 20th right now, but I have seen their gymnastics and I know it's only going to continue to get better um, Florida is looking really incredible. Michigan, as I mentioned. Um, and then you have teams like Missouri that is really coming up and, and some other folks that um, Auburn, you know, that I have just been really impressed with. So I think this is going to be one of our, one of our uh, most competitive championships ever. All right. Uh, uh, George Washington coming up Friday. And then don't forget March 4th. Put it on your calendar now so you don't forget 
Michigan will be in town March 4th. That is a Friday night in the LNC. How have the, how have the home crowds been for you this year, Coach? You know, we had a, a peak of 5,500, which was great, but we're definitely looking to fill fill the stands here in these last two meets um, of our season. And this, you know, it, it gives great energy to the teams, but they're they're going away to meets where the stands are filled with 10,000 plus. And we have an amazing team here, and I would love for us to be able to do that in Norman. Coach, thanks for your time. Good luck on Friday night. Thank you. There you go, KJ Kindler, uh, TJ Auburn, and this goes to what I was talking about earlier in the show. Auburn had a meet Friday night before our basketball game, a gymnastics meet, women's gymnastics meet at home. Ninety-five hundred people were there. It was sold out, packed. Um, so I mean, that's kind of what KJ is saying. Fifty-five hundred is good. We can do better. We can do better. This is a don't. Uh, this is a winning national championship program. It's not a, yeah, they win, I'll show up. Come on. Yeah, and I know there's a whole lot of gymnastics fans in Oklahoma. I know all those uh, clubs are packed, and uh, I was a part of it for a while. I had a daughter that was in gymnastics. I mean, they are in droves. So Friday night, 645, George Washington in town. We'll be back. This hour of the T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you by RK Black, a leading provider of office technology solutions for small and medium-sized businesses. Call 405-943-9800 or visit rkblack.com. Final segment every day brought to you by the Cleveland County Family YMCA, which I'm sure is back open today, right, Teach? We're back open? Yes, they reopened on Saturday, so you'll be good to go for your workout today. All right, very good. We call it the crossover, as I welcome in now the uh, unbelievably gifted and versatile Chris uh, Plank. What, what's, what's the hammer that's going to fall next? Where's no hammer? Oh, okay. Where do okay. I ever throw a hammer? No, I just, I just, Come on I, I felt like that that something had been said earlier that I might have missed. You know, okay. All right. Well, I appreciate Nuh-uh. that, Toby. That made my day. Now, we were just talking about you being a loser earlier. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> it's all downhill from here. I don't know how I get much better than that <laughs> hey um can, can we talk about why sorry i was gonna break up a joke about cortez not playing more for the sooners but i'll uh i'll beat i'll, I'll save it yeah <laughs> is there is there really a texter that literally texts every day as to I don't why know if he's it's the same person oh, okay. or if there's an army of them out there but there is a anti-jordan goldwire pro Bijan cortez gotcha faction and i love Bijan. sure i think he's got a chance to be a really good player and he's had some moments this year, but he's not Jordan Goldwire on either end of the court right now. Right. And so it's not even close. So anyway. Can ahead. I can I give you a compliment now? Since um, Oh, I wish since you, you would. gave one. Yeah. So Saturday and Sunday, I uh is it's my last weekend, right? So I'd kinda and, and I think softball start. Yeah, softball starts this week. We leave Wednesday for LA. And I kind of, I may have kind of hosed Jacob, so I feel bad about that with gymnastics yesterday and you having to do wrestling. Um, so Saturday we were out and about, and I listened to the entire game. Um, this was after getting to watch like the first thirty seconds and to see all that space you and Kevin and Drake had at the end of the tight bench, there. Yes. tight at the GIA. Yeah. Um, I, I you remember I was your engineer one time at the GIA mm-hmm. back That's in the right. day. Trey Young when the birds came out, but you and Kevin. <laughs> 
Absolutely. <laughs> create a fan base. I can't wait to watch Oklahoma State in the postseason. Um, you know, the thing that I'm most excited about, though, is when I listen to you and Kevin, you can just sense y'all's chemistry. And it's like, you. He, huh. he knows when to play right off you. He always brings great information. It's not as if he's ever... Really He's, he's not just giving you, yeah, they had an open shot and they took it. It's something about how a guy came off a screen or an yeah. angle. And I'm just I, – I hope he's not listening so he doesn't hear me gushing on him this much. Yeah, but too. you and Kevin are really, really, really good. And it, well, I don't, it's great. Thank you. I, I, don't, I, don't, uh, I don't know about me, but we are really blessed no, you. to have some great color analysts at OU who uh, you know, aren't just whoever we could find. Right. Like, it's like Teddy knows what he's talking about, you know? Uh, he, he was he was a decent player too. You said yep. with Gabe, uh, Kevin Henry was a great college basketball player who who has coached and watches film and absolutely knows what he's talking about. You with your softball color analysts that you have are national championship caliber or well, not just caliber. They've won titles, you know. So we're really blessed that uh, we get to work with some great people who make us look good. So yeah, I absolutely yeah, great. agree. Jeez. And we had a great pants on both of us. Well, I'm just saying it, it was really good because Monday morning, people, you could, uh, children are listening. You could it's enjoyable when you get to work with people who know what they're doing. That's what your point is, and are <laughs> dedicated right. and are dedicated to the University of Oklahoma. Yeah, and Kevin's really good. So kudos to you. Um, I'm sure it's always a uh, a fun time for you and TJ. Coming uh coming off a tough tough L like that, but I've been grumpy today. The good news I is to say he's been very pleasant really, this morning. <laughs> I, I will say though, the good news is the road gets much easier for this basketball team going yeah. Hey, your point your point on the physicality of the Big Twelve is a fascinating point heading into the postseason. Because yeah. how these games are called in the big dance can go a long way to determining the kind of run they could or couldn't have. Everyone first, yeah, yeah. It could it could be that it's an entirely different uh, animal when they sure. if and when they can get there. So yeah, we'll see. Chris, I hope you have a, an award winning show today, and well, thank you for doing the interview. Yes, I was going to say not only that, but I get to talk to Mark Williams. So it's all Ted Lasso with Mark Is Williams coming up today. Me and you tomorrow, and you and me spotlighting it tomorrow. Spotlight. Okay. Let's go. Very good. Uh, stick around. Chris Plank, Josh Helmer coming up next. Thanks to KJ Kindler for joining us today. I'm going to get a nap, and I'm going to try to be in a better mood tomorrow. That's my pledge to you, the listener. Have a great Monday, everybody.